Hello everyone, welcome to the Pentecostals of Sydney midweek service. It's a pleasure to have you watching from home and welcome to everyone from the Pentecostals of Sydney family and also to anyone else out there that may be watching wherever you are, at home or anywhere else in, in Sydney or around Australia. It's a pleasure to, to have you with us, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you are. It's a privilege and an honour that you've allowed me to come into your home or wherever you are and we can share and explore God's word together. The theme for this year for the Pentecostals of Sydney is together, so we need to make sure that even in this situation, this uh, very uh, unique situation, that we're able to be still together. And uh, thankfully we have means that we can communicate with one another and we can share testimonies and encouragement with one another through social media. Um, it's quite easy to do. We can also just give each other a call. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I know that's not very millennial and I know even for myself, sometimes I prefer to text than to call, but hearing someone's voice may be um, a lot more encouraging than uh, just a text message. So maybe give someone a call sometime this week as well. I'd like to give honour to Pastor Stan, who is at home watching as well, and uh, keep him in your prayers as he leads the church in this uh, very strange and unique time. Hope all of you that are watching at home as well are safe and well and keep trusting in the Lord. Also, just a reminder that we have our Sunday services streaming as well on Facebook and YouTube at 9.15am and also on 11.15am. So you can pick which service you want to live stream or you can live stream both and uh, be doubly blessed. It's good to see also just in the news that um, the daily recoveries in Australia are actually outnumbered the daily new cases of coronavirus 19 in Australia. So it seems we're not just flattening the curve, but the, the curve of active cases is actually starting to fall and uh, certainly vindicates uh, the measures that have been taken by the government in order to see the uh, decrease in the number of cases. But we will turn to the Word tonight. It is a midweek Bible study, so I hope you have your Bibles there, whether you've got a paper version, which smells nice and you can hold in your hand, or you even have one on your device, which is good as well, because at least then you've got a Bible with you wherever you are. Because if you've got your device, then you've also got your sword with you. And hopefully you keep the Word of God in your heart. We're going to read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to begin with. And if you'd like to turn there, I'll give you a little bit of time. And let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come together, even though we're not together physically. However, Lord, we are together virtually by means of this technology and this media that we're able to explore God's word together tonight. And Lord Jesus, that we can have fellowship through these means, and Lord, be able to hear from you and be able to learn from you. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, would plant a seed in our hearts, cause it to grow and bring forth fruit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
And whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And I think even more so in these times that we're living in right now, it's good to keep making sure that we're thinking on things that are true, honest, pure, of good report and have virtue. Making sure that they're pure, our thoughts, what we're thinking about, what we're focused on, things that have praise, things that lift up God, things that God wants us to think about. It seems in this uh, last week or so, and given the circumstances that we're in, and I remember at work this week I was talking to someone and I was saying how the beginning of March, and might be different for you, but the beginning of March for me seems like a year away. It seems like so much has happened in the last few weeks as we've seen uh, not just the uh, spread of uh, coronavirus, but also the changes that have come on the back of that. And uh, in my own work outside of here, um, we've been very, very busy and lots and lots of meetings and lots and lots of change. So for me, it seems as though things are just rapidly changing and a week seems like a month away. However, for you, it, it may be going very quickly but we are seeing strange times. They're crazy times that we are living in. As the song once said, these here are crazy times. And it seems in the last week or so, we've seen a sharp rise in the number of conspiracy theories that uh, seem to be getting around on social media every day. There seems to be a new one. Um, I've seen the same people post opposing conspiracy theories within the same hour. It's, uh, it's amazing. There'll be one conspiracy theory that says no one's getting sick from coronavirus and no one's dying. And then five minutes later, yes, there's people dying and getting sick, but coronavirus is caused by 5G. And so what, which one is it? Are they dying or they're not dying? I don't know which conspiracy theory to align to. I'm getting told different ones. But we see lots and lots of things. And look, Conspiracy theories are nothing new and they're not necessarily always untrue. Sometimes they have an element of truth to them. Sometimes they're just complete bunkum. Some of the time in times of uncertainty and fear, people will always try to look for answers. Um, there's a saying that says, in a vacuum of information, people will fill it. If, if there's no information, if they don't have enough information, people will fill it with their own information. They'll just make up a story. They'll make up a narrative to try and fill what they don't know. And in times of these, of uncertainty and fear, people look for answers. They want to look for answers anywhere they can. And sometimes people like or want to believe that humans are behind everything that happens. They want to think that humans are the cause of everything that happens in their life because it helps them to comprehend 
all that they see and understand around them. For example, random events that may happen, a disaster for instance, um, a natural disaster. There are many people that will always blame, say, a government or a multinational corporation for being behind the situation. And that's not to say that governments are never to blame for things or multinational corporations are not out just to make money, which they are, but they're not to be blamed for everything that ever happens. Because I think what it is, is that sometimes when people think that humans or a human institution isn't behind everything that happens, then the alternative, thinking of what the alternative is, becomes even more scary because then man is not in control. And there are so many things that we're not in control of, that humans cannot control. And sometimes that's difficult for people to grasp or accept because it comes with a level of uncertainty and randomness and it goes to show how small we are in this universe. Sometimes as a society, our faith in the power and influence of human institutions and humans in general is overinflated. Sometimes we place far too much trust and faith in what governments or people or corporations or institutions can do when quite often in situations they are much more powerless than what we give them credit for. But that's not to say that our suspicions are always unfounded. We know that companies like Facebook and Google collect data in order to on-sell your data to other companies so that they can tailor advertising to whatever you know you need or whatever they think you need. I have some friends that they had their phone on a kitchen bench and they began to, uh, they left the Facebook app open and they began to talk about awnings for about 20 minutes. And as they spoke about awnings, for no reason, they just thought they'd do this as an experiment. They talked about awnings for 20 minutes, then once they opened up the Facebook app, there were ads for awnings. It just goes to show that the way that um, artificial intelligence works and the collection of big data and algorithms that run in the background and can direct ads without any human involvement to your social media feed based on what you've been talking about. This happens quite often. We also know that governments have even acquired data from Facebook and Google to collect evidence on criminals and terrorists and to see what they've been up to and uh, where they've been moving and what their location was. But not everything is a conspiracy. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12 says, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say. A confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. And in another version, in the uh, New International Version, it says in the same scripture, Isaiah 8.12, Do not call conspiracy. So that word there can be conspiracy or confederacy. It means to work together for some sort of um, evil means to conspire with one another, to come up with an evil plan. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear 
what they fear and do not dread it. People, we can't call everything a conspiracy that everybody calls, that everybody else out there on YouTube or wherever calls a conspiracy. Not everything is a conspiracy. Not everything is man-made and not everything has somebody there planning how it was to work out. Don't have that much faith in mankind. Remember, God is sovereign and God is in control. So do not call conspiracy everything this people, this world, calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. You know, we can't allow ourselves to fall into fear and dread at such a time and be afraid of things. You know, um, growing up, I loved a conspiracy theory, a good old conspiracy theory, just as much as anyone else does. Maybe uh, what we're told isn't always reality, and that's true. And sometimes what we hear isn't always exactly what happened. Sometimes popular history isn't necessarily accurate history. And we've got a, a movement now called revisionist history, um, which goes back and looks at history and says, okay, was this his historical event seen through the lens of uh, some sort of distortion, whether it be, uh, you know, colonialism or something like that? Um, is it really an accurate portrayal of what occurred then? And so they go back through all the sources and start to put together the pieces of what really occurred or the best possible version of what they can find. Um, we always need to be careful of our perspective. And if I could uh, get the slide up just to show you what I mean, if we could get it up. You always need to be careful of your point of view. So here we see a picture my apologies if anyone is offended by that, but trust me, what you're seeing isn't what is really happening because if we go to the next picture, we understand that he's not putting up a rude signal with his fingers, but in fact he's putting up three fingers and he's not angry, he's quite happily talking to the media something about three, maybe three kids, who knows what he was saying at that time. But we need to be careful of what perspective or what view we're coming in when we're looking at something. More often than not, though, recorded history is, is fairly accurate or at least close enough to being accurate. It's the same when we hear conspiracy theory. It's the same sort of excitement we get when we hear a rumour or gossip. It's like, let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you some mystery. Let me tell you something that not everybody else knows. Everybody else is fooled. They're all sheeple. They're all being fooled by the, the media and by government and by all this. And yes, sometimes that is the case. But remember, not everything people call a conspiracy is a conspiracy. And we've got to be careful because the same psychological driver that drives us to conspiracy theories is the same psychological driver that drives us to gossip. Essentially, a conspiracy theory is a form of gossip. It's like I'm in on a secret and no one else is. This feeling of exclusivity, like you're part of a secret club who have some sort of deeper knowledge, some deeper understanding of mysteries. There's a certain amount of pride that comes with that. So we need to be careful of that also. I understand people are looking for answers. And in times like this, 
they're especially more so looking for answers. They want to believe that someone is control. They want to believe that someone is in control, even if that control is negative. And in times of uncertainty, for them to think that no one human is in control, or they're not controlling this whole thing, it makes people even more scared. Because then who is in control? However, just as Pastor told us in his teachings over the past few weeks, life is full of randomness. Randomness occurs in life. Jesus told the story about, you know, the tower falling in Siloam and, you know, that nobody was to blame for that. Things just happen sometimes. The Romans weren't there destroying the tower. It wasn't because of some certain sin. The tower just fell and it killed people. Accidents happen. Things happen. Random things happen. We, fall, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's not perfect. People die and just because good people die doesn't mean that they did something wrong. Death has come into the world because of one man. We live in an imperfect world, a cursed world because of sin. And because of that, things happen. Wrong things happen. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We see that occurring all the time. We try to look for reasons. We try to look for justification because it's part of our human nature. We're trying to look for reasons as to why things happen. Healthy people sometimes get cancer. And we're like, how? How do they get cancer? Because sometimes cancer just happens. There isn't always a reason for why cancer happens. Sometimes good people have bad things happen to them. Sometimes bad people have good things happen to them. But humans always have a tendency to look for a reason. Oh, you must have done something bad. There must be a reason why this has occurred. And then we become like Job's comforters. We're there with Job going, well, you must have done something real bad for this curse to fall upon you. Or the blind child that was healed by Jesus. Who sinned that this child was born blind? Jesus said, no one sinned. This child was born blind for the glory of God. So we need to be careful that we're not always trying to look for justification or reason why certain things occur. We see, even at this time, the mainstream media are drumming up uh, fear and panic. Uh, you know, even at this time where we're starting to see the, the curve flatten in the amount of uh, coronavirus cases in Australia, we're in fact seeing you know, what appears to be positive signs. The media are still looking for the negative spin to turn on it. Some media and some reporters do report on the positives and are accurate, but these are outweighed by the sensationalism and, and negatives. But what we need is truth, not fear. Let me repeat that. What we need right now, more than ever, is truth, not fear. We need to make sure that we're established on truth. And truth is an individual. Truth is an individual. Truth is not an organisation. Truth is not a political party. Truth is not even a political ideal. It's not left-wing or right-wing. Truth is an individual. Jesus is the truth. 
Now we see examples of conspiracy right throughout the Bible. We see uh, Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, plotting against the Jews who were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah. We see the Pharisees and the Herodians conspiring against Jesus. We also see Judas and the Sanhedrin plotting against Jesus. We see Absalom plotting even against his own father in 2 Samuel. We see Haman plotting against Mordecai and the Jews in Esther chapter 3. We see conspiracies happening all the time. But what is interesting is that when bad things happened in the Old Testament, it was generally attributed as the judgment of God. Notice when the Assyrians or the Persians or the Babylonians would invade um, Israel, they didn't say, oh, well, we're blaming the enemy. They, they, they understood that God had allowed this to happen for a reason, for a purpose. Truth. Going back to Philippians 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. So we need to think on things that are true. Make sure that what you're focusing on, that what you're spending your time um, giving your mind to, giving your time to thinking about, are things that are true. Things that are established in truth, that are supported by evidence, that are supported, that are either in the Word of God or can be proven. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things you know, that we know is not a lie. Whatsoever things are just, they're fair, they're, they're just, they have justice behind them. They're given for the right motive. Things, think on these things. Think on things that are pure, without sin. Think on things that are lovely, things that inspire things of love, that inspire us to be more loving and kind to one another. Think on things that are of good report. Let's think on things that are the good news, that are gospel. If there be any virtue, if there be any value, if there be any praise, let us think on these things. Things that are true. Things that are true. In science, and I'm no scientist, I, uh, I did study science at university, but um, I can't call myself a scientist because I dropped out. And didn't I deferred my uh, university degree and uh, have yet to return all these many years later. But so I can't call myself a scientist. But in science, you establish a hypothesis by making observations, and then you record those observations. You have to write these things down. Um, Dr. Carl Krusenisky is a very famous sort of scientist, that you know, a bit of a pop culture scientist. He always says, you know, when somebody has a theory, write down your observations. You have to write down the observations because otherwise you have no evidence. Often we might need to do tests or experiments to try and see what happens. Well, when you change the circumstances, will the same thing happen? And often with experiments, you have to have a control to make sure that the result is legitimate, that it isn't occurring even when there is no other uh, thing to influence the result. Empirical data or empirical evidence is the information received by means of the senses, particularly by observation. 
and documentation of patterns and behavior through er experimentation. So the, the Greek word for experience is uh, imperakia, I think. Um, also in science, they have to have peer-reviewed articles. So when they come out, you know, they've done their experimentation, they've, they've had their observations, they come up with their thesis, they then publish an article and that is then reviewed by their peers. So other scientists try to pull that research apart. They try to see if there's any flaws in the way that they researched their hypothesis, in the way that they came up with their conclusion. Did they test things right? Did they experiment right? They might even do their own experiments. They might even do their own testing just to see if they come up with the same results. And this is called peer review. So when scientists try to pick apart or try to replicate your results that you have in your article, this is how science works. Now, there's a theory going around, as I touched on before, and uh, whether you're a, a supporter of this theory or not, that's not my job here tonight to try and, you know, steal anyone's joy from uh, taking away their conspiracy theories. But, and please feel free to uh, continue to believe any conspiracy theory, so long as it doesn't um, rob you of your walk with God. And, and I think that's the important part. I have seen many people become so obsessed with certain conspiracy theories that they lose their faith in God. People who become so obsessed with, and I'm not here to dispute any of these theories, but obviously I might think differently, but that doesn't mean we can't still be brothers and sisters in Christ. But when your faith in the flat earth theory becomes so strong that you're no longer praying, no longer witnessing, you're more passionate about witnessing about the flat earth than you are about the good news of Jesus Christ, then you're starting to walk into trouble. And I've seen it happen time and time again where people go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theory and they're lost to Christ. Don't let that be you. And, that, and like I said, they're very alluring. They're very alluring, these conspiracy theories, because they act on those, those human receptors, those human drivers that... Uh, are the same for gossip and are the same for, you know, spreading uh, words about others. So just to touch on one conspiracy theory and just to give you an idea of why it's important to fact check. It's important to make sure that you test your sources and make sure that you get your information from reliable sources or at least the most reliable source. We are all human. We're all prone to error. But make sure that what your source is doesn't have some other agenda or motive. Now, we see that in mainstream media sometimes. They sometimes have a motive or agenda. They want clickbait. They want to sell advertising. So they'll, they might sensationalise news. They might have a certain political agenda. But also on the other side, we see YouTubers and, and these kind of guys that purport conspiracy theories, they have an agenda also. One, they're trying to sell ad space on their YouTube channel. And so they, they want to get the most sensational conspiracy theory out there to make sure they're getting clickbait. But also they might have a gripe or they might have some other reason why they want to try and um, bring a conspiracy theory forward. Here is a map, if we can have on the screen, that uh, was used by a famous conspiracy theory channel called Infowars. Now, again, just like mainstream media, Infowars has an agenda and they're not always correct. 
my apologies to anyone that disagrees with me. This is a map of the US 5G network. Now, the network itself, the bright pink is that um, 5G. Now, US has quite a, a widespread 5G network. Uh, they've had so for now over a year. And um, there's been this link recently to suggest that 5G in some way is causing coronavirus, not a virus. Um, which scientifically can't be proven because um, 5G, like 4G, 3G, radio waves, TV, Wi-Fi, is non-ionising radiation, which means it sits on the spectrum of the radio frequency, um, unlike microwaves, ultraviolet rays, gamma rays, which are ionising radiation. Now, the difference between non-ionising radiation and ionising radiation is that ionising radiation has, is at a frequency where it can break molecular bonds and therefore form ions. And when you have these ions, you have free radicals, it can cause cancer and all sorts of nasty things. Hence why we don't um, you know, shoot ourselves with microwaves or go to Chernobyl to hang out and play or um, you know, you know, have lunch near the x-ray machine because they're harmful rays. However, radio waves in the radio frequency waves, um, there's still radiation, but that radiation is non-ionising. So it's not breaking the molecular bonds on molecules in your body and therefore not causing ions and free radicals. Anyway, there's my, uh, my uh, cheap science lesson from your budget science teacher. But as we see on this map of the United States, they've got the 5G network. And the reason that they're linking 5G to coronavirus is if we see the next map, and I love maps. If anyone knows me, you know I love a map. There's the coronavirus cases. And I was trying to get the exact map that InfoWars were using, but it basically looked the same, where the coronavirus cases were and where the 5G network was. It kind of looked the same on the map and the same darkness in terms of the, the volume of cases and the, and the strength of 5G in those areas seem to correlate. And you kind of, at first, you kind of think to yourself, oh, there's some, there's some evidence there. However, let's have a look at the next map. And the next map is a map of the population, or this is cases as well. This is just using a different one. This is to show you by state where the cases are coronavirus cases are in the US. If we go to the next slide, this is population density. So if we go back to the 5G, now the 5G network is basically built around where most people live. And then also the corona cases are occurring more where there's bigger areas of population. So New York, for instance, the largest city in, in the United States has the most amount of coronavirus cases. So now we're starting to see, okay, well, maybe the link is just that there's coronavirus cases in places that are well populated, which also happens to be where the 5G network is, because why would you put a 5G network in the desert where there's no people? So let's go to the next slide. And this is where it starts to get strange. You see, we've seen this conspiracy theory develop 
in the last few days from like zero to a thousand. And all the people that I seem to uh, uh, be pushing the theory, none of them are scientists, um, none of them have any scientific uh, background or, or uh, university education in science. And in fact, the people that I do know that do are not pushing that and in fact pushing the opposite. Um, maybe you think that's all a conspiracy amongst smart people. I don't know. But, um, but I'm just saying, I'm going to probably trust the nerds on this one. So most of this conspiracy theory actually stems from Russia. And anyway, that's a whole other story. Russia were putting out a story uh, to say that there were health concerns around 5G. Now, we don't know if there are any health concerns around 5G. There may be. Um, time will tell, I guess. But there is no um, empirical data. There's no um, peer-reviewed research to suggest that 5G is harmful. But I'm not here to say whether it is or not. That's not my argument today. What I'm trying to say is always base things on evidence, always base things in fact. And so people who have lack understanding in science, you know, tend to, you know, they hear something that sounds scientific and it mongers fear, it breeds fear, and all of a sudden you latch onto it. It's like, wow, oh, that makes sense because 5G's just come out and coronavirus has come out. So it must be the same. However, Here's where it gets broken apart, that theory. Israel, if we put that up, this is the coronavirus cases in Israel. Israel has 9,000 cases of coronavirus. There's a population of 7 million people in Israel. So that's quite a lot of cases per uh, head of population. They've also had 71 deaths from coronavirus. However... This is a map of, corona, of the 5G network in Israel, if we could have the next slide. A map of the 5G net. There is no 5G network in Israel. Israel does not have a 5G network, nor does any of its neighbours, except for Saudi Arabia, does have a nascent um, 5G network near Riyadh, which is nowhere near Israel. And... Israel has no 5G. Now, the reason that they have no 5G is because they're concerned about security surrounding 5G. So they're concerned about people using, or other countries, using 5G to spy on them. And that there's a lot more evidence to suggest that 5G can be used for spying rather than evidence to suggest that 5G is bad for your health. Also, Iran, which was really one of the first countries to really see a big spike in coronavirus cases, they have 62,589 cases of coronavirus. There is a map of Iran there somewhere. If we could get that up, or, or there it is there. If we can just show that one on the um, screen. So there's the distribution of coronavirus cases in Iran. Now, Iran was like in the top three coronavirus cases. It was very early on in the spread from February, even the health minister of Iran had coronavirus. 62,000 cases, 3,500 deaths. Almost as many deaths from coronavirus in Iran as we have cases in Australia. And this is the 5G network in Iran. If we could have the next slide. The 5G network in Iran, yeah, there is none. 
So there's no 5G network in Iran either. So many, many cases of coronavirus, one of the first places to really explode with an outbreak of coronavirus, yet no 5G network. Hmm. Australia has had a 5G network uh, sort of been rolled out since the beginning of 2019. It's, it's quite extensive, you know, if you look, there's a map available and can show you which suburbs have um, 5G available. We've only had 5,899 cases and 50 deaths. A country like New Zealand also has very few cases and has uh, started its 5G rollout. Russia has 7,400 cases and 58 deaths, yet only has uh, mainly military use 5G, although they have started rolling out 5G for the public in Moscow only since September 2019. So it just goes to show that there's no direct correlation between 5G and coronavirus. Here is a map of the world that shows which countries have 5G networks. Now, not all of them have widespread 5G and there's some purple dots on there that show you where there's commercial 5G available. That map was relevant up to December 2019. Not much has changed since then, especially since the outbreak of coronavirus. Um, many countries uh, put their 5G rollouts on hold because they had better things to do and there weren't that many more countries that were about to roll it out anyway. So the amount of countries today, as of today, that have, have 5G networks of any kind, of any kind, is 53. The number of countries with confirmed coronavirus deaths is 165. The amount of countries with confirmed coronavirus cases is 209. 53 have 5G, 209 have coronavirus. Do the maths, please. Anyway, my job here isn't to convince you that 5G is safe, but there's no scientific data that I can bring you to suggest otherwise. I can't guarantee you that all radio waves aren't harmless. All these things going through our body, Wi-Fi, 3G, 5G, radio, TV, all these things, CB, who knows what they're doing, but we don't have any evidence to tell us what that is, if it's doing anything at all. I'm also not saying that, uh, well, I'm definitely not saying that coronavirus was man-made. However, some people may uh, suggest otherwise, and that's fine. You have the uh, right to be wrong. That's up to you. Uh, but it really doesn't matter. The whole COVID-19 outbreak and response is just a step closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. It's like the groaning of a woman travailing in birth. And if we read in John chapter 16, verse 21, it says, Woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. Because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish. So she's in pain during childbirth. She travails, screams, get me the gas, get me the gas. But once she has the child, there's no more anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. She has her child and all of a sudden that pain's forgotten. And that is like how it is for the coming of the Lord. That 
although in this time we're going through, it's like the earth is going through a period of travail. But joy will come with the second coming of Christ. We need to be looking forward to that great day that Jesus comes to take his church away. And one of the things that we can see through this whole situation, and like I said, I, I don't believe it is man-made. believe it, you know, however it started, it's a, a natural event, just like most other virus outbreaks, just like the Spanish flu in 1918, just like H1N1, just like swine flu, just like SARS and MERS and the Black Plague and other viruses and infections that have taken place in this world. This is just another one of those. They happen. They happen all the time. This just happens to be a nastier one. But one of the things we see that happens in these natural occurrences is that steps are taken that lead us closer to the coming of the Lord and into these end times. We see that government control naturally increases as a result of this, just like it did since 2001 when uh, a couple of planes flew into some buildings. And again, there's a host of conspiracy theories around that. But if we just go with the, the established narrative that um, some terrorists uh, got on some planes, took the control of those planes and flew them into buildings, which they said they would do in 1996, um, they said that they would bring down those buildings. And when they did that, it changed our world. It changed our world. You can't walk through the airport the same anymore. You know, all of a sudden, the government has more control, has more visibility about what people are doing and their movements and what they're doing and what they're saying. And it's all for our safety. It all makes sense. But remember, I've got a theory that, not a conspiracy theory, but that these times, prophecy and and evil things, even the devil will use good motives, will use good intention to bring about his things to pass. So we see false doctrine a lot of the time comes into the church established on good motives. You know, Justin Martyr started baptising little children, little babies that obviously can't believe or repent, but possibly did it out of a good intention in order to see that babies were baptised too because he believed in baptism so much but did something that went against the word of God but with a good motive. So sometimes good motives or good intentions you know, can pave the way to destruction. And I believe that these end times will come about because it will make sense to people for these things to happen. It makes sense to people to have the government more protecting our safety against terrorists. So they're listening and they've got more control. They're able to control our movements more, know what's going on, which, you know, brings safety, but also there can be, it can be used for nefarious purposes. So prophecy is never or rarely ever, with the exception of Jesus Christ, fulfilled by people intentionally. So Judas didn't wake up one morning and decide, oh, I'm going to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, just like the scripture says. Cyrus didn't read Isaiah and think, oh, okay, so Isaiah wrote about me 400 years ago, so I might let these people free. Prophecy is fulfilled unknowingly, not deliberately. These situations, even if it's just natural phenomena that bring about the situation, 
it causes prophecy to come to pass. Again, we can't place so much faith in men that we're always thinking that they have to purposely bring about prophecy. We have to have faith that God will do it however God's going to do it. And God often does it without people even realising. I sit in meetings. I sit in meetings as part of my work with people that are high up in government saying, if only we could just microchip the babies, it'll be all fine. Because it makes sense to people. We see people that are unregistered in, in my work. They don't have birth certificates. Their birth isn't registered. And therefore, it puts them at risk, the child at risk. You know, they could be at risk of uh, harm or uh, taken kidnapped or whatever the case may be. And, it, and they don't have access to education and health and all these sorts of things. So there's benefits to having a child registered and having a birth certificate. However, it's more and more we're looking at ways in order to make sure that every child is registered and every child has a birth certificate. And that leads us to the, to the conclusion that, well, if we could chip a child, just like we do dogs and cats, then that would solve a lot of problems because then we could even track people. Then we could even see what people are doing. They could use that chip for all sorts of purposes. It makes sense to people, but it's evil. And it brings to light the prophecies of God and shows that they will come to pass. And we're just seeing it naturally progress because it makes sense to people. People are doing it with good intention. They're not thinking, oh, let's bring in the mark of the beast and bring everyone under control. No, they're, thinking, they're doing it for good reasons, but unknowingly bringing about something evil. Again, we need to make sure that we have faith in God, not at man. These things, even if they are not controlled by man at all, they lead us to God's plan being fulfilled right before our eyes. Imagine two years ago, or even a year ago, if I was to say to you, without any context, without any context, without any explanation, that in a year's time, the government would bring in rules that would mean there would be no more church, that you could not come to church and have church anymore, that there'd be no more home groups, that there'd be no more meetings of more than two people in public, that you can't travel overseas or wherever you want, even within the state. That all the restaurants and cafes will be closed. You can only do takeaway. That most people will be staying at home and kids won't be going to school. They'll be doing school from home and people will be working at home most of the time. Imagine I was to tell you that, that the government could bring in those rules without any context, without any explanation. You would think, how could that be possible? People won't stand for it. They'll riot. They'll, they'll, they, they won't be able to accept that. As if they, the government could get people to do that. And yet here we see a situation that actually requires the government to bring in these rules. See? Good reasons, but opening the door for something that could be more nefarious down the track and greater government control in our lives, which obviously will start to lead to things that we can see prophesied in the word of God. This situation has created the environment for this to be possible without much anguish or pushback. Our job as Christians is not to stop the end times from happening. We're not there trying to stop these prophecies from being fulfilled. We're not trying to stop the one world government from forming. That's not our job as Christians. Our job 
is to see that because these prophecies are being fulfilled right before our eyes, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to draw the lost to Christ by pointing out that these things were already predicted in the Bible. That's our job as Christians. Souls, to win souls, to show that the word of God is true, that here is the evidence, the evidence by observation that these prophecies that were written about 2,000 years ago and even more are coming to pass right before our eyes where we're starting to see a cashless society leading to the mark of the beast, where we're starting to see uh, the formation of a one world government because it makes sense to people. It makes sense to people. The early church was not mandated to overthrow the evil Roman Empire. As evil as it was, that wasn't its mandate. Its mandate, it was commissioned, the early church, to win the Roman Empire, to win the Roman Empire to Christ. The four Gospels, and I'm closing. The four Gospels act as eyewitness accounts. They're verification of one another. This is why we believe that the Word of God is true. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is true because we have four different accounts of the life of Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ. Luke uses even himself, Luke, who wasn't there. He, he actually uses different sources to verify his story. And so Luke is almost like an investigator looking to see what and establish what happened in the life and times of Jesus Christ. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, it says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most assuredly believed among us. So he's saying, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm, I'm, we believe this thing, but I want to prove it even as they delivered them unto us. So these accounts that were delivered unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty, the certainty, the truth, the evidence of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So Luke's job here was to make sure that he was getting all the eyewitness accounts that he could, line them all up to get what was the accurate story of Jesus Christ, to make sure that everything they had heard about and believed was true. And he did that. And we also have historical sources to back up what was going on that aren't even religious, like Josephus. But in our life in Christ, we have evidence also. We have evidence of the word of God acting in our lives. And that evidence is our testimony. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord here is inviting us to conduct an experiment to test that he is real and to test that he is good. We can't observe him through a microscope or a telescope. We can't see him in a photo or an x-ray, but we have our own personal experience with God where we can observe the goodness and power of God in our lives and others can see it also. 
Others can see what the Lord is doing in our lives. That's why I believe that a, a soul that has just been saved, they're the most powerful testimony because people can see right before them how this person has changed, has been delivered, is different because of the power of God in their life. Truth is an individual. Truth is a person. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Therefore, it is by knowing Jesus that we know the truth. We can't have our faith in fear. We can't have our faith in every conspiracy theory we read on the internet. We've got to have our faith in the Word of God and in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to be solid in the truth. We've got to know the truth. Because if we know the truth, John 8 verse 32 says, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. If you know Jesus, if you know Jesus because He is the truth, then the truth will make you free. That is, true freedom is found in the truth freedom that we have when we know the truth and when we know Jesus Christ who is the truth. If we know Jesus, then we're truly free because we know truth. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word, that we can trust in your word, that we can trust in your word, that we can taste and see that you truly are good, that you have changed lives, that you have delivered us from all sorts of sin, that you've had grace and mercy on us, and Lord Jesus, that you've transformed us and continue to transform us daily, continuing to perfect us daily. Help us, Lord Jesus, to continue to grow closer to you. Help us, Lord, to be to dive into your word, Lord Jesus, to become to, to become engrossed in your word rather than the the old wives' tales that are that are going around and the gossip that goes around and theories that go around. Lord Jesus, our our purpose here is to promote you and the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to promote conspiracy theories and such. Lord, that we're here to promote what we can validate is truth, and that is you because you are truth. And Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to promote you, to have a passion to promote the gospel rather to, than to promote anything else, that we would promote you first ahead of everything else in our lives, that we wouldn't create idols in our lives for other things, but Lord Jesus, that we would put you first in all things. Lord, I pray, Lord, have grace and mercy upon us, Lord, tonight, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for if we've gone astray, if we've put money ahead of you, if we've put um, our lives ahead of you, if we've put possessions ahead of you, if we've put the things of this world ahead of you, Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to let go of those things and to hold on to you. Help us, Lord, even at this time, through social media, through whatever means, that we would preach the gospel, that we would be a good witness, that, Lord Jesus, that our good would not be spoken evil of, but, Lord Jesus, that we would be a good witness of the kingdom of God. And, Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to promote you and to promote the gospel, to share the gospel in love in kindness and in truth and boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, everyone. Like I said, a reminder, this Sunday, 9.15am and 11.15am, we live stream our services through Facebook and YouTube and also if you go to the uh, website or through the app. Lord, and I just hope that you have a good week. Stay safe and God bless you all.